0: Now entering Nerdist.com.
1: My name is Ben Blacker. I'm the creator and moderator of the Nerdist Writers Panel. I'm also a television writer myself, having written for Supernatural, Super Ninjas, uh, DreamWorks, Puss in Boots, and currently FX's new series, Cassius and Clay. Follow me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, and let me know who you'd like to see on this show. I'm always looking for new ideas for guests, and you can always find out about live Nerdist Writers. Panels go to writers Panel. Dot tumblr.com As ever, if you enjoy the show, please leave a review on iTunes, and thanks for listening.
2: It's the
0: Nerdist Writer's Panel, and it's hosted by Ben Lecker, where he gets a bunch of writers, and he asks them lots of questions, and it's starting now, so this will be the end of the theme.
1: Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for, be- for being here. Uh, very quickly, let's just go down the line for our uh, podcast listeners. Please introduce yourself on the microphone.
3: Liz Tiggler.
1: Uh Xander Lehman. Jason Reitman.
3: Helen Estabrook.
1: Thank you. Um, now, you guys, let's talk about this show is so good, and it feels like it is a show that is getting to be what it wants to be. Uh, Xander, you were saying uh, to me earlier that you wrote this on spec. Is that right?
2: Uh, that is correct. I wrote the first episode on spec, and then the second episode on spec with these guys' help. Oh, wow. Um, so
1: l- talk to me a little bit about that process. Uh, first of all, how did the show start to take shape in your head, and then when did you uh, get these guys involved?
2: Okay. Uh, I actually wrote it originally as a what I hoped would be a comedy sample to get me into a writer's room. Um, and my agent said, oh, this is good. Jason will like this. Uh, he's in the middle of a movie, so wait a long time. And um, uh, How long a time did you it wait? It was a couple months. But, um, right. you know, Helen, Helen read the first script and liked it, and Helen and I got along famously from the start. Um, and Jason was always the director that uh, I would have killed for for this project. So um, I Wait, waited. Let me,
1: let me interrupt you for a second. And I apologize. I'm going to interrupt a few times because I want to Go kind of it. dig deep on some of the stuff. But what made Jason the right director for this project?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think what you were saying earlier about the tone and sort of the show we wanted to make, I think I had a very specific idea of what the tone was of it this sort of dramedy space where you don't have to write jokes and you don't have to do big, um, you know, sort of big, overly melodramatic moments. And when you think of the sort of best people for that kind of stuff, I felt like Jason's, um, Jason's movies were sort of right in line with the tone I wanted for the show. Um, and it's hard, it was hard to find that, or I think it's hard to find that tone um, in television. I think it's getting easier now, but certainly wasn't the case, um, you know, even a couple years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, Helen, how did this first, the script first come to you, and, and do you remember your impressions on first reading it?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we'd been looking to do television for a while, and mm-hmm. it's obviously very tricky to find the thing that does align tonally. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Corey, the, the agent, sent the script to me, and um, it was just a very, it was very clear from reading it that this was finally a voice that we could um, get behind.
1: Yeah, uh, what, so. what was it about Dender's voice?
0: It's the specificity of it. It's it's exactly sort of what he was talking about, about not making the jokes, having a lot of the humor comes from the sort of honesty of the moments and things like that, um, that just felt very, you know, both real but interesting and and different than a lot of the stuff we'd seen. Mm
1: -hmm. And then, Jason, sort of the same question. At what point did you pick this up and realize that this is a thing that you had to get involved with?
4: Helen and I really wanted to get into television. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's hard not to admire how much good work is happening in television right now. And uh, I think the tricky thing, and we've talked about this before, is it feels that so many good writers are convinced not to write in their own voice. And so you end up reading so many spec scripts that are attempting to be sold by following a model that already exists rather than in the original voice of the author. And when we read this, we really felt Xander. And it felt like, oh, I mean... It's strange when you read a personal script it's almost like yeah I want to spend time with this guy I like the things that he's saying I like his sense of humor and and that was the uh, immediate draw and it just seemed like a a great opportunity we loved the characters and and it's a gut instinct thing I just I just wanted to direct it.
1: Uh let's talk about those characters for a second. Xander who are these people? Where do they come from? They, as Jason says, oh they feel very personal.
2: Uh, they, they are pretty personal. Um, well, tell know, us all about it. Personal. Sort of personal-ish. I think, I think we're all, you know, all of us and the actors embody them in some way. You know, when I wrote it originally, I was living with my sister. Um, we'd been living together for two or three years and we're very close, not as close as the characters in the show, but, um, we're very close. And then she uh, started to date my best friend, and they moved in together out of my apartment. So um, in revenge, obviously, I wrote, a, I wrote a TV show about them. Um, uh, so yeah, I think, I think the main two characters are sort of a, a heightened, funnier, smarter version of my sister and I. Um,
1: let, let me ask you this, and I, I ask you this purely from um, experiences that I'm going through working on a project that is about someone's life. How do you make it fiction? How do you keep it far enough from that life experience, uh, but still you know, human and relatable, which I think the show has really done well?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's a good question. I feel like a lot of the stuff in the season comes from the experiences of our writer's room. A lot of the stories that happen um, on the screen actually happen to us. Um, So, yeah, my sense is you keep it fiction in the sense that the names are changed and you can, you know, (laughs) you can write whatever dialogue you want. But a lot of the good stuff I found to be very truthful and very much reflective of sort of how we are. I don't think we... I sort of like the moments that are truthful and feel real and that are sort of directly from our lives. Obviously, it's... uh, it's nerve wracking when my parents watch this and see the sort of characterization of the parents on the show, and there's other things that are, you know, people are going to uh, not be pleased with me about. But um, ultimately, to make good drama, I think you have to have antagonists and um, sort of unsavory characters, and uh, yeah, it's just a combination of our experiences, all of ours, and the actors. It sort of became a everyone was sort of in it to sort of put their stamp on the character, and I think that's what I really enjoyed doing about it. Uh, and I, we're not here to make friends, right? No, no, of I course mean, not. I never, never, never. never, never.
1: <laughs> well, I want to I ask about this uh, before I get to the writers and, and Liz. Uh, our old friend Liz is here, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, really old. But though. Jason, as a director uh, working on somebody else's script, a script that you didn't write but did have a hand, have a hand in developing the series, um, where's the personal story in it for you? Uh, and I can ask this you know, kind of generally about your films as well.
4: Uh, yeah i mean I think there's 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 there 's something autobiographical certainly about every one of my films ones i 've adapted from other people 's books uh the the two scripts that Diablo wrote um, and certainly I find myself in this and i you know my, my relationship with my sister we 've never had a conversation about our sex lives so um it 's different but still i you know I see myself in it uh but the The new thing for me personally was being in a writer's room where I had the least experience in television amongst everyone in the room and was learning as I went. And and then an experience thing for the first time, where I think every time I've written, it's been this kind of walk into the desert uh, alone. And this is the first time where I felt like I'm in a group of people, everyone's capable, Someone's going to throw an idea out. Even if it's bad, we're going to find a way to make it good. And and there was something really lovely about that. Uh, I'd always been kind of scared of, of a writer's room thinking, oh, so, oh, my voice is going to get lost in there. Uh uh, not the opposite that somehow there'd be something really gratifying about being part of this group
1: well, that's really interesting and that's really I mean that's high praise for you Liz uh, talking about this writer's room is is a friendly place to walk into that fosters creativity how did you get involved with the show and why did you want to get involved with this show
3: well I um, I was also sent the script and I loved it when I read it I loved Xander's voice and I actually I think I got to read I want to say the first three Um, so I really had, I loved the pilot and then I liked the second episode even better and then I liked the third one even more. So I just felt like the momentum of the series was so great Mm -hmm. and the pilot kind of set up this world that was so, um, kind of rich to mine. Um, and I had never, I had never been the... Experienced person paired with you know kind of a newbie genius voice, um, and that was a little bit like oh well. um, I, you know it's kind of I was kind of like oh I, I, aren't I younger like I, I couldn't possibly do that role I was like that's for old people no but I um, I was I was actually really excited about it because I've I've worked on shows with that dynamic I've had my own show with that dynamic and I was really excited to experience what it was gonna be like to kind of help foster Xander's voice. And, um, I think that I was going to say when you asked the question about kind of how, how does he not make it totally personal? I do think the writer's room does that. Like Xander's able to kind of throw out things from his own life or throw out all these thoughts that are swirling in his head. And then we get to kind of pick up the ball and riff on it. And, and through that process, it becomes no longer Xander's story. It kind of becomes... Everyone's story, or it becomes a different version of Xander's story, but it always has the kernel of, I hope, you know, like what Xander's trying to do and say. Mm-hmm. And then we're all there to kind of enhance that and, and help that come across, you know, in, in, in a way that, um, I don't know, feels relatable to a wide audience. So, That's
1: really interesting. Yeah. Um, I want to jump back for a second and talk about the development process on this script because the pilot is really great and it's, it doesn't hold your hand. Uh, it, it feels like if this script had fallen into the wrong hands uh, Anyone other than Helen and Jason That it could have been dumbed down Like there's a network version of this show uh, So can you guys talk about the development process And it's interesting to me that you, know, you, read, you got to read three scripts uh, And I presume that was before anything was shot mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we actually
4: The entire season was
1: written before we started shooting Oh no, no kidding, that's great Yeah, um, yeah but uh, tell me about development a little
0: bit when do are you talking about this? Development. I mean, Yeah, no no, no, I mean you I think Yeah, we both Yeah, we I mean, when we got the pilot script, it was pretty fully formed. You know, we didn't really do much if any work on the on the first one because it was like, oh yeah, no, this is the show we want to go make. And then the trick for us was figuring out how to go forward from there. So, you know, we originally had, you know, we're like, okay, well what's the season? Xander, can you can you, you know, drop a document of explaining You know, you get this document, and you're like, wait, we don't do like it's not about the plot points totally. It's about these voices and about these characters. So we threw that out. And then uh, we uh, made him write uh, a second script. And we were like, okay, now we have two scripts. Now we know what the, like, we could, that was the way that we knew we had the season. Mm-hmm. And it was from just having those two. And then we could go around and talk about it and talk about, you know, the ideas of what would happen next. But it was really just being like, okay, no, this is the world. These are these people. This is where we're going to live for a while.
1: Was there stuff for you, Xander, that you discovered? <laughs> In that process, that maybe you didn't know about the show.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I wrote this document that, um, truthfully, wasn't very good, and um, they were right, they were right to toss it and say this isn't what the this isn't going to help us sell this show. What you were saying earlier about the specificity and how it could have become a sort of network show, um, I think, is a good point. You know, if you have two scripts that are pretty specific for what they are, I think it's hard to. It would be hard on the network side to justify totally retooling it with two of them and having Jason say, I'm going to direct both of these. So it was a good protection, I think, for sort of the show we wanted to make. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wrote the second episode very quickly. I think I wrote it in four days or something. Um, and then, you know, structurally I felt like um, the first the first couple episodes don't necessarily follow a classic TV structure, I don't think. I didn't write them with acts. Um, they're, not, uh, they're not very plot-heavy. A lot of it was like setting up sort of the start of a movie and sort of the first couple episodes feel like the first act where you're sort of living with these characters, experiencing them. We wanted to sort of build something where you like these people, hang out with them, um, and then sort of the middle of the season becomes this sort of crazier plot stuff, um, which I think we sort of earn in these early episodes. Mm -hmm. So in the development process, you know, a lot of what they were doing was, I mean, Jason did some passes on the script, which were great. They made them better. And then we were you know, sort of focused on getting the middle episodes to follow those first ones um, once the writer's room started.
1: I'm, I'm curious to hear about those passes on the script. Uh, what do you bring to the script that's already, like I said, like you guys have said, very good? What kind of stuff are you looking for, and what do you wind up putting on the page?
4: Huh. Uh... Interesting. I, I feel... I'm not sure if I have an answer for that. Because um, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of such a gut instinct thing. I, I suppose when I read the the first script and then when I read the second one, it was really a question of, all right, uh, I love the voice of this writer. I love the voice of this script. What are the few things that don't feel like they are in the same voice? Uh, that uh, That are just bumps along the way. And... It kind of happens with every script. It happens with my own. Uh, and it's sometimes easier to identify from the outside.
1: Absolutely. Having a different pair of eyes on a script can be hugely helpful. In terms of development,
4: one thing I was going to say is that we were really lucky that we had Hulu. Mm-hmm. That well, they let's were talk really, about that. They were really supportive. Uh, and every conversation was a smart conversation, from writing to what uh, casting. Mm-hmm. They really seemed to respect our process of making this show. And... It's because of that the first thing you said is kind of the greatest compliment you could have given us which is um, the show knows what it is and we all had a gut feeling about what we wanted the show to be
1: um, and it arrived there because it didn't, there wasn't any meddling
5: mm-hmm. uh,
1: I, I want to talk about the casting for a second and then I want to come back to the room but um, again uh, the, like, that's, that feels so organic to the piece nobody else could be playing these roles uh, what, what was the casting process like for this? I, it's funny because Michaela was literally the
0: first person? The actual first person to come <laughs> in to read. Yeah, she, she came in. We we're like, oh, great, we're done. We're lazy. <laughs> I mean... Uh, we I, did read
4: other people, but yeah. This yeah, no. <laughs> uh, is It's funny. Uh, Xander and I talked a lot about uh, sound, about what are these... He has a very, Xander has a very specific voice. It's why I love the script, and it became about who are the instrumentalists who know how to play the music... How does this sound? Who understands the rhythm and sound of this? Uh, and I remember our big fear early on was, Jesus, do these two look like brother and sister?" And it's funny how that never
1: really matters oh, when course. it feels right, and uh, they behave like brother and sister. I mean, you guys give them the stuff and they have that chemistry.
2: They have it in real life too. I mean, I feel like they're even when they're not on camera, they're just goofing around and doing bits back and forth. So that was wonderful. I mean, I think we were lucky to get the cast that we got. And Jason, to his credit, I think knew these people were the people from the start and, you know, had to sort of, not convince us, but he was the, he was the voice saying, these are the people. And we sort of all, all said, yeah, okay, great. And once we started shooting, it was, it was pretty clear. I mean, they, I think they embodied the roles. You know, Tommy, of, of the people we read, Tommy was the only one who read the Alex role right. I mean, no only nobody else read it right. It wasn't even like, oh, this person has some, this person has some. Tommy hit all the beats he read it right, and we were like, okay, well, this is a specific role, and he's reading it exactly right. What, are, what else are you going to do? I mean, this is it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, I want to ask about uh, how the writer's room works, and it's interesting to me that you guys didn't start shooting until you had all of the scripts. What, did you know who the cast was, though,
2: <clears throat> or did that all come later, too? I think we, we had cast by the time we had written five five or six, Something like
0: that? Yeah, I think that's right. right yeah. so I that's, remember that coming up in the
2: writers'
1: room? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Who
0: is going to be the person? Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that's a long way to go without knowing who these, who's embodying these characters, and right. you just have to trust the voice. Uh, it's of funny, the pilot.
4: I guess, only in television. See, I'm so used to <laughs> the idea you're going to write a whole movie, sure. and it's yeah. fun. when we talked about the se- the season, we would always talk about the season more like it was a long movie, and that we're writing the different acts, that the the episodes are almost the the acts of that
1: larger story. Well, that's, that's the thing I'm kind of curious to break down. Like, how do you approach that with the room?
3: Well, I mean, our, our room, I think ran very much. I mean, obviously the show's a comedy. We ran the room like a drama room, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, Can
1: you describe the difference?
3: Um, Well, I don't really know because I've never been in a comedy room before. (laughs) So I guess what I should say is we just, for me, we ran the room the way I've always been in rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, And we honestly broke the episodes just like a shorter drama like i, I was always, i was always like up at the board amazed when we would have like 20 beats on the board and be like huh well i guess this is it <laughs> like because you know usually it's 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 act breaks and six act structure and so but but in terms of i guess how we approach story i think that we i would say approached it like a drama i think we tend to start you know we we kind of break an episode a week we um tend to start at the beginning of the week of what emotional story do we want to tell with the characters. We kind of pinpoint that, and then once we once we know that arc for the episode, we um, we look at okay well what's what's now that's probably where the the comedic element is laid in in terms of plot machinations and kind of we're we kind of are like a fun adventure show, <laughs> like you know we, I feel like our characters kind of go on like fun like sure. funny adventures that end up i don't know in the tv logline it could it i don't know it's it's almost I don't know how to say it. Like it almost could sound funnier than it is when you're watching it. You know, it could it could almost <laughs> sound like, you know, Absolutely. Alex and Leon have it. In, but it's when you watch it, it's like so real and mm-hmm. I think so grounded. And it always takes. And what I was going to say about I think what Jason brings to it, and uh, and I mean Xander obviously brings so much of this too. Um, when we would break down the scripts, like. After we would have drafts, we would all sit in an office together and go through literally line by line, which is more of a comedy room thing yeah. um, and we would just talk about each scene and we would talk about the lines and I felt like you know Xander has such a sideways take that I love, and then Jason would come in with this other kind of sideways take and it would it,
5: way it, <laughs> and, no but
3: it, but in a cool way, like all of a sudden the scene would like take this turn and it would kind of become about something else or it would have this kind of unique way in and I mean I look at shows like Friday Night Lights as an example Mm -hmm. of I always felt like Friday Night Lights would take like a classic story that you have seen a hundred times on TV but they would just have this like sideways approach and obviously this show is very tonally different Mm -hmm. but I think I think that's what the different voices you know kind of brought to it and and i think jason was so great at doing that kind of once we had the script in place and and obviously in the development process too but just as we went line by line like that was where i really saw um saw that come out and and, it, and was able you know it's fun to be it's fun to be in a room where you're learning a lot you know and it's fun to be in a room where you have something to offer so i think that that's that's kind of the hope for for every person on staff is how,
1: how big is the staff
3: Our staff was only, I mean, us and three other people, so it was a very, yeah, well, but I mean, a small room, like, we're, you know, we're a big group all together, but when you think about it in terms of actual on-staff writers, Mm -hmm. it's only five people, so um, it was a very intimate room. Mm
1: -hmm. And how was the the day-to-day of it? Was it similar to, say, Life Unexpected? Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
3: I mean, you know, a lot of talking about lunch and, um, (laughs) you know, your personal lives. And then, you know, getting a little work done and then eating and then... Talking about your personal lives again. I was but, amazed by how
4: important the talk about the personal lives was. It's humongo It's frankly. hugely important. Yeah,
3: absolutely. It's it's funny. My, when like a long long time ago, my dad came to town when I was writing on American Dreams, and I was like, "Come come sit in the room. Like you can come sit in the room. Like." and Of course, I was like, "You guys don't say anything bad." My dad is coming <laughs> and sitting there. Like you're the worst, and I was like, "Okay, oh, yeah, well I won't say anything." So anyway, he comes in and. You know, everyone's just talking and talking and he kept leaning over and being like, "Oh, did you guys just like take a little break?" And I'm like, "Oh, no, 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 no that's what we do." We'll only talk about the story for like 2 hours in an 8-hour day. <laughs> it's just that what it's almost it's all like part of it. Yeah, and I think I think that that's I've been in rooms where it's like you do not talk about your personal life. All you talk about is you know that no no. and yeah. no it's terrible and and you make no progress because you never a you don't have like a reprieve for your brain mm-hmm. to kind of reset and come up with ideas and b so much of character shows are drawing on your personal life, and you have to you have to feel like you know a lot about these people and yeah. I mean, if I don't know where everyone in the room has, like, when they've lost their virginity, I feel like I don't even know them. Like, I've sat in rooms, and I'm like, I don't even know This
4: room went way past that. This room's like, if I don't know how
1: many dick pics you've gotten... (laughs) (laughs) It's all fodder for the show. Uh, Is there... Having Jason in the room and knowing he's directing episodes, does it change the conversation? Does it become about more than story or character? Does it become about... A visual element, does it become about some other thing that you know a director is going to bring? Whereas, you know, in other TV, you just kind of hand off the script.
3: Well, I think, obviously, having a director like Jason in there, I mean, I can think of episodes, like even our Thanksgiving episode, like, you know, Jason can come in and he'll just have, he will have a visual image, Hmm. and suddenly in that episode, you know, we're really writing to that image, and it's like creating this kind of momentum through the story that we keep checking back to, and I think that because he's thinking visually that way. I mean, I would say. I,
4: know. I mean, I, I found that the, the difference for us was that I was part of the writer's room, so we all know what set was going to be like. Mm-hmm. It's not as though a director's showing up, and now the writers have to explain, this is how the show is supposed to feel. Don't go down some weird road. We're all on the same road anyway. We've been on the same road for the last few months. Mm-hmm. Of course that's going to continue on set. We all, we've already agreed upon what the show is going to be. Um, and then it just becomes the job of how do you explain that to further directors, but they can actually watch existing episodes now. It's well, interesting. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: Oh, I was going to say, and it is interesting, because a lot of times, again, on other shows, there isn't always a huge... Sometimes there are In your best-case scenario, it's what we had. In your worst-case scenario, there's not always a camaraderie between the writer's room and set. Writers can be, you know, when you've written, like, exterior, rain, midnight, you know, (laughs) a a street, it's midnight, it's raining for the entire episode. People are like, fuck (laughs) yeah!" And and then they're like, oh, I'm not on set. (laughs) So I feel like um, uh, one great, to have the director in the writer's room, it's like, what we're talking about is being carried through and translated so well and also it's like, I don't know, it really created, I think, like a very familial... Sure. As- you know, I mean, a family. Yeah. Um and, and such a tonal understanding of what the show is and it, it carries across and, and because Jason knows where all the stories are coming from and knows the stories we're trying to tell, even if something, um, I mean, I don't think it did, but like were to fall short on the page, I feel like, He's there to like mm-hmm. carry the ball because he knows so intrinsically, because he was part of the creating of it. Absolutely.
4: Very generous.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, there's, uh, there's something really interesting going on in this show where it is clearly, you know, Xander, this is your voice. Uh, but Liz, you and the writers have this enormous voice in it. Uh, but I, I'm curious to hear from Jason and Helen. As a production entity, you know, this feels like a Jason Reitman film, too. Is there a voice to your company?
0: Well, I mean, I think we were very specific in how we wanted to construct this as far as both wanting to be able to utilize all of the sort of great production stuff that we have because we've been so lucky to work with a lot of the same crew over and over and things like that. But we wanted to sort of marry that with also acknowledging that we hadn't done television before and we needed people who knew how to do television so it was you know we have this amazing production designer who we hired who we never worked with before but has done so much tv and makes you know these sets look amazing. amazing and um and then we get you know john our our cinematographer who's from an indie film world you know and so we're trying it's like it was a very conscious effort to try to marry the two to make sure that we were keeping in line aesthetically, but also able to function and able to actually go and work at the pace that we needed to. Mm
1: -hmm. That makes sense. Um, Jason, I know you have to go. This would be a good time to do it before we start with audience questions. Do you want to run out?
4: (laughs) Uh, I could probably do five ten more minutes okay minute.
1: let's get some questions from you guys we have hulu gift cards to give you if you ask uh, not even a good question any <laughs> question uh, if you do have a question <laughs> do they not pay you in hulu gift cards uh, if you have a question please stand by this black we each have 75 right years here. of hulu that was our <laughs> uh so i can hold the microphone up to your face and the question gets recorded for the podcast Um, please keep your question very brief uh, as we know we are short on time here
3: okay well I was just I like to hear about how people get started like their first job writing or the first job you get paid to write
1: do
2: you want my answer? yeah Uh, I I was my first job in Hollywood was pushing a mail cart at ICM um, (laughs) and then I worked as an assistant for three years uh, and wrote a series of specs that were no good and then Um, was lucky enough to get staffed on an MTV show that comes out next year and I did three months in that room to sort of learn how it worked and then the first day of that room, uh, this show, the deals closed, and I was ready to sort of go do this. So um, I I don't think that my experience is necessarily um, the norm, but uh, a movie will one day be made. (laughs) No, I mean, look, it was a circuitous route, but I I was happy to have people who helped me when I was answering phones and emails and pushing a mail card who sort of held my hand and introduced me to the right people. But it's also not a
1: fluke, like... The quality of the product was there. Well, hopefully. I, I, I would like to think. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, for Xander, uh, you guys mentioned that you wrote two episodes to help sell the show, but something up and coming writers told all the time is don't write episode two because it's a waste of time. Would you recommend doing that? Or was it just yeah. your case? In
2: well, it's tough. You know, in this show, the, this show is so sort of voice specific and so tonally specific. And I feel like with the first episode, there's always the worry, like, oh, he wrote one script, but like he can't do it again, right? It was just a lucky thing. So I felt like, look, it's a half-hour show. It, it was easy for me to write because it was about personal things for me. I felt like it was a good investment of five days. Generally, if you're writing an hour-long drama, I probably wouldn't suggest it. Um, but if you, if you have a certain vision, like I, I sort of knew what I wanted the show to be. I knew I could do it quickly. I felt like it was a good risk to take. But I've heard from many people, don't write the second episode. Don't do that. They'll just throw it out. Um, and I think it helped let them trust me to not throw this off the rails, basically.
1: Can I ask all of you, uh, you three who were involved with the development, what was the selling process like? Who, who was in the room? Where did you take it? Did you know? Did you have specific targets in mind?
0: We had a couple. I mean, we did, we did this sort of, I think, the, the, the list of sort of the other cable places and things like that. And it was the three of us going in and, you know, we, uh, we, they had read both of the scripts when we went in. And then we went and sort of did a little pitch and talked about everything. And it was a very, um, yeah, it was pretty straightforward.
4: And Hulu wanted to make the whole show. That yeah. was it. Hulu was uh, ready to say yes to ten episodes, and we just got the feeling from them that they understood what we were trying to make. It was a, it's just one of those things. It's like a first date. Uh, and it's like, oh, they understand us. They understand what we're trying to make. They're not going to try to turn this into something else. That's great.
5: Um, it sounds like there was a lot of harmony. It sounds like writer, director, company, like, that's sort of unheard of. What was the biggest challenge making the show?
4: Good
3: question
4: challenge.
5: They
3: stopped it. having <laughs> apple fritters on set. Like, after having them for three episodes, they were just gone one day. And it was like, you can't do that, man. Uh, <laughs> I, fun, I was really pregnant. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah, this is uh, awful.
4: I think it's 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 trusting the voice. And you guys can correct me if, if I'm wrong here, but uh, we were very fortunate in that we got to make a a very character-based show that felt like an independent film, felt like something that Fox Searchlight would put into the world and we got to make it as a TV show um, with the trust that we could just go out and make 10 episodes and with that kind of trust it can get scary at some point. It's like, all right, we're not hitting the normal plot buttons. We're not doing traditional stuff. Uh, we're making this all about character and, and then having the just to kind of stay on the road.
5: Billy, I heard you say that you, uh, you know, Hulu really seemed to get what the show was. Uh and this is to you, Mr. Wrightman. Is that always the case when you're dealing with another company? You know, being successful is easier. But when you're successful, do you still get the no, nah, I don't get it? And <laughs>
4: uh yeah. Uh, uh I've had both the experience of someone, you know, I've pitched things as recently as the last year where people have said, yeah, no, I don't I don't understand that. And uh and or also, oh, I totally understand that, and they clearly don't. You know, they <laughs> they 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 try to riff with you, and they they go down the the wrong road. Um, and I, I think this speaks to something that I brought up earlier, something that Helen and I talk about all the time, which is uh, it feels as though many companies are trying to fill certain slots, whether it's uh, in film or in television, and so you have people on both sides of the equation. You have executives who are trying to fulfill certain specific slots, and then you have writers and creators who are trying to fill those slots and to try to be outside that system um, and do something that's very character-based uh, is, is tricky and, and to recognize when someone wants to take what you're doing and then slot it somewhere else.
0: Hi. Um, at the Film Independent talk, uh, I think Liz had said something about how if this show was on 10 years ago, it would have been a drama and not a comedy. Yeah. Um, and I was hoping to hear a little bit more about that, um, whether
3: you think that that's based in that you had a, a background in drama, or uh, is that the tone of the show? Just I just feel like... Um, I, 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 I would equate this to like a show like catastrophe like a you know you pitch catastrophe now that would have to be a comedy, but ten years ago that was enough to base a drama on, and I just feel like. Now dramas have to be so so kind of high concept, and um, you need to
4: murder half of your main characters in the first season.
3: Yeah, and to they're be vampires and and spies. They're spy vampires.
1: How many dragons can we get in on? This? Yeah,
3: exactly. It just it, it just feels like things have to be so big and so loud, and it's like, you know, what's the bill? You know, they're already asking. You know, how do you market it? It's and so it just. There isn't. There hasn't been, in I don't think in drama a lot of room for like a smaller, um, nuanced character-based show. I mean, you know, I was on Brothers and Sisters eight years ago. I mean, how would you pitch that now? Oh, there are brothers and there are sisters, and yeah, they're all related, and yeah, and and Sally Fields in it. I mean, it's like what? It, what? How do you pitch that? It would never get on the air. So. Um, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's what's been so great, and and just for me personally, it was such a great time to get to come be a part of a comedy, um, because I feel like the tide is really turning, and for drama writers like myself who like those smaller, more nuanced stories, I feel like now there's an opportunity to continue to tell them. It's like you would like to think that there's a place where you can tell stories about just normal people's lives <laughs> you know um, and I feel like this is kind of the new the new um, the new way mm-hmm.
1: I, I will add to that I feel like <laughs> sorry guys gotta sneak up goodbye okay. thank you Jason okay, okay. should we get Tommy up here yeah yeah, yeah. hey Tommy are you still here oh, I'm here come, come on out, out. Tommy <laughs> 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 we, we got a free mic <laughs> um, please so my process <laughs> Please welcome.
5: Hi, hey friends.
1: I, I actually, I'm glad we have a chance to talk to you. Uh, what I was going to say, uh, based on what Liz was talking about, is the other thing that you know, every network is always looking for is a new take on the family half hour, especially. And this feels like a familiar yet new take. Um, this is a character that uh, we've never seen before.
5: Oh, cool!
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your feeling getting involved with this thing? I mean, did it read as something very new and and uh, different to you?
5: It did. I mean, I was I was drawn to the specificity. You know, just to sort of beat a dead horse on on that account. Um, it was just such a. Specific, and I've told to enter this. I I felt like I, I heard it, and it was as weird as I am, and and as snarky, but as also kind of depressive as the the sort of work I, you know, am am, am drawn to and. Um, and just and just heard it in my head immediately. It was it one of those things you didn't really feel like you had to do a lot of preparation? Just you know, get the lines in your head and then sort of go go live it. Um, so and 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 then I'm also really drawn to the central relationship out of it, which is the you know the, the the brother and sister thing, which was which was so weird and different. And um, I mean, I could do a, a two handed scene with Michaela for the rest of my life and, and be fine. I mean, that's how <laughs> fond I am of her and 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 our chemistry or whatever it is. But that's really cool. That's great. Xander, you said something about sort of uh, kind of like hacking away, working on specs that weren't very good. I'm I'm an aspiring writer myself. <laughs> Getting to it. Um, in terms of like trying to find something that is like true to your voice, true to being what you are, like what are like, some kind of tips for like just finding inspiration or just kind of finding yeah. stuff, like finding a story that's interesting to you that does speak to you on some level?
2: Well, look, I think, I think it's good to try out a lot of things. I, I wrote... I wrote sci-fi scripts, I wrote thrillers, I wrote broader comedies, and they never felt true. They never felt real to me. Um, And only when I started writing something where I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm not going to, I don't care what people are going to buy. Like, no one's going to buy this. It's just going to be good. It'll be a good sample and people will like it and see that I have a voice and can write. And like, lo and behold, they've made the show. These crazy people. So, (laughs) I mean, look, my sense is you you write what you want to see. Um... Like, I like to watch those other movies, but I love to watch shows and movies that are like this. I love Jason's movies. um, And I felt like, you know, to to get to write something like that, look, you take a chance, right? I didn't know if anyone in TV would make a Jason Reitman TV show, um, but I felt like it was the show I wanted to write. And that's probably why it it did well for me, because it was authentic and it was in my voice and it was something I cared about. You know, you can sort of try to write the saleable script, but I think people know. They can see if that's not you that's not what you're trying to do if you're just trying to do it for a paycheck like just write what you like and hopefully someone else will like it too all you need is one person right you can have 99% of people say oh I hate that script and if one person says I want to make it then great you're making a script like like be specific and be targeted and like don't shoot for the broad that's my one that's my piece of advice
3: and write. I'll I'll add right someone told me write the story that only you can write Like, look at it that way. Think about your own life. Think about your own perspective. It doesn't mean it has to be a story about you, but it's like, think about the story that only you could write. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's great. Hi, uh, this is Mm
1: -hmm. Rosander. How were you introduced to Jason Reitman before you pitched the show to Hulu? Uh,
2: Well, we share a TV agent, which was uh, very fortunate. And obviously, I had met Helen um, in the earlier process of, she got the script first, she reads... Jason stuff She is the You know The all-seeing eye Of knowing what he will like um, And we got along really well And basically It was a process of Helen talking me off the ledge As I waited for Jason To read it um, And when he finally did we, we got along really well Also I think um, You know From the start The three of us Were very in sync And sort of knew What the show was um, But yeah I mean To credit to our agents To sort of get us all In the same room eventually I think she did a very good job And sort of knew What the material was And who it was Going to be right for
1: Helen, how much material are you reading at any given time? Like How much, how much TV especially were you reading?
0: Uh, well, I, at the time I was reading a lot of TV because right. it, was, it was something that we had gotten close on but had not done yet. And so um, it's hard, though, because, as I say, it's just, you know, um, there's not a lot that is the right fit. And so, you know, yeah, I, yeah you read a fair bit to, <laughs> to get to, to it. Hi, I'm not from here, so I'm curious to know how long does it take to you to shoot one episode of this show? Yeah, about uh, five days. We did we did them two at a time, so we cross boarded everything, so it was yeah.
2: Do you want to talk about what cross boarded means?
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, we did them. Yeah, uh, you guys talk. Now.
2: Okay, so we so when we write them, we write them in sort of pairs where one director takes. You know, Jason took one and two. We had a director who did three and four, five and six. And then you basically, you sort of melt the scripts in production, right? So episodes three and four are shot by a director. One day you may shoot some scenes from episode three, and then you may go shoot some scenes from episode four in that same location. Um, but it helps save on location costs, and you don't have to move as much, and there's sort of good synergy within the episodes. So, yeah, we, I think that was a really effective thing for us. Okay, last question.
3: Um, it's sort of awkward to say with you on the stage, but Leon is actually my favorite character.
2: God damn it.
1: Sorry. Give me that Hulu card back. I'm
3: okay with that, but uh, I just kind of wanted to hear specifically about his char- character creation. Oh, man. And...
2: That's, a, that's a good question. No, I, I love the Leon that's story. We, we, I had written Leon... Um, You know, I always thought Leon was a fun character. We ended up putting him in more of the season than I think we expected to because everyone loved Leon. They loved what we got out of him. It was a hard casting process. You know, we read a lot of people, and Leon was not written as British, um until he came in and read as British, and we're like, oh, Leon's a British guy, perfect. Um, so it was, it was, it was like, kind of horrifying, because we read so many people, and no one hit the tone, no one got it, I was like, oh, God, I wrote a bad character, this is going to totally fall flat, and then when Nyasha, who plays him, came in, we just we just knew, he was the guy. And Nyasha and, and Tommy have good on-screen chemistry, too, which we bring out a lot in the season, and he's, he's one of those guys that... Um, he was just sort of wonderfully strange. Like, he had, this, he had this perspective that was just, like, a little different than ours, and he always had this sort of interesting way into scenes. Um, so it became a joy to sort of have him around in more episodes than we expected. Um, yeah, anything else you guys want to add? <laughs> we all love
0: up. We
1: do. Uh, all right, let's... Um and as we always do by asking you what you are watching on television what you are excited about what you are talking about with your in the room with your friends with your spouses uh, Helen starting with you and we'll go down the line
0: uh this season of Fargo I'm very into uh I yeah so good that's, answer yeah. <laughs> 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 that's yeah
5: alright I just good crushed uh, Peaky Blinders you do
2: Peaky Blinders Enjoyed that no applause for that <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: uh I watched Fargo, The Nick, and The Leftovers. Those are my three shows. Oh, I did Bloodline, too.
5: Bloodline.
3: Yeah, Bloodline. Yeah. We have, we have a big Bloodline connection. I was obsessed with Bloodline, which made me then go back and watch the first season of Damages, which I'd never watched. Um, and so, yeah, I watched Bloodline twice. Um, you know, just keep watching Bloodline. Um, you know. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to only say Bloodline. What is it about Bloodline? Oh, my God. Everything. I, could, I You don't have time time for me to talk about what it is about bloodline. It's everything about now bloodline.
5: Now we'll start the bloodline panel.
3: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Kyle Chandler's here. Um, and uh, Catastrophe was my big, oh, like, yeah. recent. I love Catastrophe. I, I thought it was so well done.
1: Good. All good answers. Please give a round of applause to all of our panelists. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks to everyone here at Nerdist and to 826LA. Thank you for coming.